everyone, it's Jules. Welcome to this episode of All Things Iceland, in which I'm sharing seven reasons why you should visit the Westman Islands. I was very fortunate to go to the Westman Islands for the first time in 2021. At that time, I'd been living here for five years, and even I was surprised that I hadn't been there yet. But once I had gone, I was sold that this place is amazing and I have to go back several times. I went back this year and after going back, I wanted to share with you some of the things that are so much fun for me to do while I was there and also know that I will be going back again, (laughs) mainly because I didn't get a chance to do one activity that I had my heart set on, but such is life. For this episode, I partnered with Cuckoo Campers, which is a camper van company here in Iceland, and I decided to take their AA campers, they're sponsoring the episode, and that's where I slept. So it was basically my, my accommodations and of course my ride during the time, and I took it onto the ferry, which I will get into in regards to the Westman Islands, but I just want to give a shout out to Cuckoo Campers because... This was my first summer also really diving into van life, if you want to call it that. And I thoroughly enjoyed the freedom that having a camper van gives you. And I totally understand why a lot of people like doing this. Granted, I mean, it's great for your budget, but it's also like a lot of fun knowing that you can explore a lot of the day and not have to worry about getting to like a hotel or Airbnb or something by a certain time. Now, granted, I'm not knocking any of those options. I still think having, you know, the things that make you feel comfortable are great. But if you are open to using a camper van or would like to try it, then I do recommend Cuckoo Campers and their link will be in the description of this episode on allthingsiceland.com. If you're curious to know what the Westman Islands looks like, specifically Hema'e, which is the main island that is the only island of the Western Islands that's inhabited, then in the show notes, I have a video that I've embedded that I put on YouTube about the Western Islands. So of course you can listen to this episode, but you can also go and watch that video to see the stunning beauty that is there because seriously, I feel like it would just blow your mind. It's so gorgeous. All right, though, let's get into these seven reasons. My first, which you might think is a little bit funny, is the ferry ride over to the Westman Islands. So the crazy thing is that the Westman Islands are on the south coast of Iceland, but the majority of people never visit because A, you have to take a ferry, but also many people are not really sure if it's worth it for them. I can a thousand percent say, in my opinion, it is worth it especially on a clear day. And I was very lucky that two out of the three days I was there, it was clear. You do not have to stay there longer than a day. I mean, I think overnight is good, but you know, the max for majority of people is overnight because it is, you know, Hema is very small, but I stayed a few days because I was doing different like collaborations while I was there. And also just in case the weather was not so great, I wanted to have the opportunity to have several days. But on the ferry ride there, of course, you get the view if you go outside and it's a, it's a huge ferry. So you can drive your vehicle into the bottom of the ferry. And then, of course, you go upstairs and you're able then to enjoy the view. If you're a person who might get motion sickness, just know that the ride is 45 minutes to maybe 50 minutes. Like it's not a very long ride. I don't know if 
taking some kind of motion sickness pills helps within this time period or not. But I personally didn't. And I felt like the majority of it was smooth. The beginning was a little bit like, you know, some deeper waves. But once we started going, it felt pretty smooth in my opinion. But on the way, so you see like mainland Iceland that is in becoming more and more distant as we're going towards Heimae. The cool thing is that you get to see these different islands as you're approaching Heimae and they're just gorgeous. Like it, to me, sometimes it felt like I was watching a movie and not really there in real life because of the green, the vibrant green that was like also mixed with some of the brown and like you see all the seabirds and everything. And sometimes you might even see puffins that are flying by. Now this was in June. So just keep that in mind. Puffin season is from May, sometimes like late May into mid August. But like I mentioned, there's footage that I have and and photos in the show notes in which you can see what I mean by just how gorgeous this is. And then, and of course, coming into the harbor, you get a chance to see a bit of Heimae. One thing to look out for on the left side of the boat is that you'll see that there's a lot of what looks like just empty space. It's lava that came from an eruption of El Fet in 1973 on the island. And I'm going to get into that story a little bit later, but there's so much that you basically have to see, as well as on that left side, an all-black church. Again, I'll get into that in just a little bit. So just the ferry ride itself, in my opinion, is a great reason to visit the Western Islands because you just get a taste of seeing some of the other islands around Hema'e, which Hema'e means home island, by the way. There are 15 other islands. You might see little houses on these islands and think that people live there. In reality, these are hunting houses. Many of the Westman Islanders, they hunt puffins and like different birds and things like this. So they often end up building a house on there. So they have shelter, go there during, you know, whichever days, I guess, are appropriate whenever they can. And then hunt and come back and, and feed their families. The second reason is if you like hiking. I mean, this is Iceland after all, so it's usually hiking almost everywhere you go or some kind of walking path. If you're not into hiking, that's okay. But I do recommend if you would like to get a great view of the town, then going up either Helgafet or Eldfet. So Eldfet, I mentioned earlier, is the volcano that went off in 1973. Totally changed the landscape of the island. The island was mostly flat. And then all of a sudden, after this eruption, you have hills and lots of lava and things of this nature. So the red of the volcano, which is still warm when you walk on it today, like you could feel the heat so intense. That's mixed with the vibrant green moss and grass that's around is incredible. I just, I took my drone and I was flying the drone and capturing images and I was like, wow, this is insane how stark these color combinations are, but then they work so well. It felt like I was going from Mars to a, you know, totally different planet or something. And probably the theme of Iceland just feels like another planet in so many places. And actually going to Heimae 
in my like opinion, feels like you are going kind of outside of Iceland, even though it's clear that there's a lot of culture that of Icelanders there. I mean, it is for sure. Everyone speaks Icelandic, you know, people are wearing lower pesas and things of that nature, but Maybe because you have to take a ferry ride for 15 minutes. I don't know. Something about it almost felt like I was going on vacation. And I really enjoyed that. But hiking, the hike was not difficult. It's just, you know, a decent path. And it's totally up to you how high you go. Or if you just want to drive around the island and walk the smaller paths, you could do that as well. So I just recommend, though, if you are into hiking, to make some time for that. Because I think you would really enjoy it. In keeping with the theme of the volcano, for number four, I recommend going to the Eldheimar Museum. So this is a great reason for those who love being kind of immersed in history, in my opinion. So like at Eldheimar, what they have done and what the museum basically is is centered around is a, a house on the Westman Islands that was dug up. And then basically, you know, the remains of it was preserved so people could really see what it looked like when people had to flee in order to, you know, potentially save their lives. Thankfully, nobody was killed during the eruption. There were people who said that, you know, when they were young kids, they saw the ground open up and lava coming out in like their backyard and stuff. I mean, it was this very intense situation. Everybody had to be evacuated off of the island and it was scary. People didn't know if they'd ever be able to go back to, you know, Hema A and be able to live there, as well as there are many people who, or a decent amount of people who lost their homes. So a lot of the lava ended up covering certain streets, buildings, homes, and the effort to stop the lava from actually closing the harbor. This is the kind of most important part because the harbor is so important for the people who live there, like fishing and things of that nature. And if that were to close, then of course, how would they get in? So people used seawater there. So Icelanders pumped seawater onto the lava to stop it from continuing out. And that worked. So at El Temar, this museum, you do get to learn about these different things and see what the island looked like beforehand For me, who's like really into history and and culture and all this, it was fascinating to be there. And also there's an area where they're playing the sounds of the volcano and it's just like makes your like body rumble and you, you really feel the kind of scared a little bit about, and it's not scary, but if you try to like transport yourself to this time frame and you hear those sounds outside of your window, for instance, and like lava that is not moving terribly fast but it's obviously still has momentum and is moving fast enough to put your life in danger so I learned a lot there and also upstairs there's another part of the exhibit and it's called and it's about Surte which is a new or more, more recent volcanic eruption out at sea and now an island part of the Westman Islands so and part of the West Islands. What's cool too is that there's an audio guide. So you're not just kind of walking around reading things, but you're being told stories about the house that you see. You're being told about the different aspects of life there and how things changed. And then the cleanup effort, the amount of ash they had to clean. It took years. 
And to think also that it gets really windy there. So sometimes you would clean something and then the wind would blow the ash right back onto it. It's just, yeah, a lot of willpower, a lot of perseverance for people who just decided they were going back to their homes. That was it. And I really admire that. And I just think it was really awesome to be able to see that in person, that house in particular. There's also cameras that you can use, you can manipulate to see different parts inside of the house that maybe might be harder to see because of course you can't like walk into it. It's all roped off, but you can see like people left their hairbrushes, their plates, toys, everything. Like you literally just woken up in the middle of the night, gather like a coat and some shoes and had to leave. That was pretty much what happened. Uh, lighter notes, the fourth reason to visit the Western Islands is the Elf Garden, and it's called Goya Lunter. It's named after Goya, who's a Westman Islander. She's no longer alive, but her garden continues. Someone has picked it up. And basically, she had was known to be a elf whisperer. So she could speak with the elves. And I guess maybe they had instructed her or she felt the need to create a space that protected their homes. Elves normally live in rocks and cliffs and, and can have like these really natural places. A lot of individuals think that elves live in these little houses, but that at least in Iceland and many Icelanders, those little houses are usually replicas of old farmhouses and kids used to play in them or play with them. Whereas rocks are typically what you would see as being like an elf home. And protecting those, and there's been stories around Iceland about people trying to move certain rocks that were said to be elf homes and the equipment. <laughs> and I'm just laughing at this because I, well, I've never seen it. I just think it's pretty cool that the machinery would break trying to lift these rocks because the people had been warned that the elves were not interested in moving and you can't move them, move them if they don't want to go. And then they had to bring in like an elf whisperer and all this jazz. So anyway, <laughs> slightly off topic in terms of this specific garden. But the whole point is that she had built this and it's really beautiful to walk around. It's great for like all the activities I'm talking about are great for everyone in the family. I mean, granted, maybe the hiking you might not do with like a really small child or something. But everything else that I'm mentioning are fun things that you can definitely do and, and people bring all ages in order to take part. So I I liked that because you would also walk up. There's like different paths there and you can walk up and see the mountains and the sea. And there's just a really nice little oasis if you just want to have some time to chill and maybe feel the magic of elves all around you if you believe in that. The fifth reason to visit the Westman Islands is that all black church that I had mentioned so it's called the Stave Church, and it's in the Sconson area. So Sconson, at least according to the information I read, is in means fort in Danish. And many people are, might be aware that the Danish ruled over Iceland for many centuries. And they had a trading port there, and they were trying to protect their trading port from British traders and potentially others. So the king of Denmark at the time, which I believe was Frederick II, was you know commanded basically that a fort be made. Now, this is not the type of fort that you might be 
thinking of where it's like totally like uh, covered and, and things like this where there might be like a wall there it's a pretty open space but it has these different buildings that are there and there's just some information on a placard that gives you more information about what is there and the reasoning behind calling it the fort now this black church that is there it is absolutely gorgeous on the outside and inside one random thing about it though that i was astonished to find out and i learned this actually through Viking Tours. So this is a local tour company that I ended up collaborating with. And they, Gunnar, one of the owners, drove me and my friend around and we was talking about this, you know, first of all, everything about the Western Islands. We were just having a great time laughing and, and hearing local stories that you can't get from people who don't live on the Western Islands because they're just not tapped into that part of it. I mean, they didn't grow up there. They don't have the same type of connection. But I really enjoyed learning that you can walk around the perimeter of the church. And what I mean by that, if you watch the video, you'll see what I mean, is that there is, of course, like a door where you can go in. But before you open the door, you'll see that there's the main building and then around the main building is also a structure and you can literally walk around and it's enclosed and come to find out the reasoning for this for this area around and you can't see into the church you can probably i'm sure hear pretty well is that back in the day the people who were allowed in the church were the more upper class individuals and it was illegal though because this christianity had already been in iceland it was legal for you not to go to church. So the people who were poor had to stand in this area that's around, this perimeter around, and listen. They can't be seen, but they were there listening to mass or, you know, whatever, the sermon. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, you know, very stark classism reminder. And the church itself, though, was a gift that was given to Iceland from Norway in 2000 to celebrate Iceland's 1000 year anniversary of having Christianity. So that's the reason why this church is there, but there's also just these little tidbits. And then on the inside, even though the church is all black on the outside, uh, the inside is actually a light brown wooden color. It's gorgeous. It's, it's super interesting just to go into this place in general and you open the door kind of don't know what to expect. And you're just like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> this is nice. So I recommend going there when it is available, meaning it's open for people to explore it. The sixth reason to visit the Westman Islands, specifically Hema A, is to go to the Rainbow Stairs. And when you walk up those stairs, you can see that there's a lot of like growth of different flowers and things, but you'll also notice little placards or like monuments. Some of them are in stone. And if you read them, you'll see that it's telling you that underneath this stone, maybe whatever amount of meters or feet, there is a house that had been buried by the lava. So not only did you, you know, get to see at El Tamar, the museum, the fact that there are, you know, there was a house that was dug up, but you actually can walk on the lava, the new lava, and it's up on a hill. So you get views, of course, of Hema'e and what it, you can kind of imagine what it would look like if that lava hadn't been there, which I mentioned is 
they're pretty flat. But it is so eerie in a way to be walking on this lava and knowing that this association of, you know, or an organization's building or this like former street or this person's house is just directly under your feet. And even in Wisconsin, uh, the fort area that I talked about where the stave church is, there's a water tower there where the majority of it was destroyed, but there's still a part of the wall that has yet to fall because the lava stopped there. It's, oh man, the whole thing is insane to a degree, meaning when you think about living on an island where you're at the mercy of this type of nature, but then, you know, people live in different circumstances. So it's not just Icelanders, of course, but I think it's just one of those in your face, very like evident that this could be so dangerous, but people, first of all, there's a lot of respect for nature in Iceland and there is a lot that came out of this volcanic eruption, which I was pretty surprised at too. So Gunnar, as I mentioned from Viking Tours, told us about the fact that there were the ability to take resources for building houses and then also individuals could utilize like the energy from the heat in order to have hot water. So this was a lot that came out of this. It was really amazing and pretty surprised at how this destruction could end up providing great opportunities for the community. Before I continue on, I want to talk a little bit about the campsite that I stayed at. So there's pretty much like there are two campsites, but really they're across the street from each other. And where I stayed regarding the campsite is in the same area where they have Theothautith. And that's an annual festival that happens every year on the Western Islands. And the AA camper that I mentioned, so super easy to drive that the, from Google Campers onto the ferry, like a regular car, because you'll, if you watch the video, you'll see that the van is narrow enough, like a regular car to get in there. So you also don't have to pay a lot more to have this car on the ferry. But then of course, like parking it at the campsite, it's really beautiful. It's got like this kind of half dome shape going on. And in summertime, of course, it's really green, just really gorgeous. There is a pond where ducks and the facilities I enjoyed a lot. So they have a communal kitchen. They have several bathrooms. They have an area where there's like just toilets and a sink if you need that. But then also areas where you can go and you know take a shower. So I've separated it, which I like sometimes more than when it's just like everything together, meaning you have a bathroom and the like the toilet, the shower, everything is just in one room and everybody has to use it. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I'd like to use the bathroom without someone also taking a shower at the same time. You know, so I liked that. And the, and the facilities were clean and the people were really nice when we got there and kind of, you know, paid. It was seventeen hundred, I believe, an ISK a night. So maybe that's around thirteen dollars or something. It wasn't expensive at all. And Staying there a few nights, I felt more uncomfortable. The one thing is that summer nights can get a little bit chilly. And what's nice is that inside the camper, there is a heater. So you can just turn on the heater with one press of a button. I often had to turn it on and it would get really hot after a while. And I turned it off, you know, and there was kind of like this little game of being like, okay. <laughs> but I also had my sleeping bag 
And that helped a lot too, because I get like my feet get cold and things like this. So it was just really nice though, to have that option to kind of get cozy and utilize that. And then in the morning, you know, just stuff your sleeping bag or fold your sheets and going about your merry way. So you can also, if you want there, there are like little huts, like cabins, as to say, if you went with a camper van, but you wanted a night where you weren't sleeping in it, that's up to you. They have little huts where you can stay. They have people who are in tents, all these different types of options. So I thoroughly enjoyed it and would definitely camp there again in the future. All right. The seventh reason to visit the Westman Islands are puffins. So of course, this is only during a certain time. Like I'd mentioned, it's May through August. And actually at the end of August, when the puffins are going out to live at sea. So many people might not be aware of this, but puffins come to live on land when they are mating. And also when their little pufflings are growing strong enough to be able to like swim themselves or fly. And at the end of the summer, there's a really adorable tradition that happens where the children and residents of the Westman Islands, they actually help the pufflings to get out to see the little puffins because the street lamps of the island, because at this point we're going to have like actual nighttime, but the puffins are norm, the pufflings, excuse me, are actually looking to the moon for guidance out to sea, but the street lamps distract them. So they think that that's the moon and that the street is actually the sea. So anyway, so little kids and people pick them up and take them out to sea. And it's, it's just an adorable tradition. So that's one thing that, that's a, like <laughs> more towards the end of summer, but there's a puffin cabin that you can go to and a large amount of puffins in Iceland nest in, on the Westman Islands. So just something to keep in mind in terms of really beautiful place to go and see puffins as well as other types of birds. I'm going to throw in a bonus reason to visit the Westman Islands, and that is the Othal Teeth. So I mentioned at the camping site, this is where they have this huge festival where people play music, a lot of drinking, and you might say like, oh, you said that all of these things are kid-friendly. Well, Icelanders do bring their children <laughs> during the day anyway. They have their uh, kids there and there's like all these white tents for the locals. So there are people who camp out who might not, who are not locals. And then there are people who have white tents for like food and gatherings and things. And then concerts that happen and people sit on the hill listening to the concerts getting really, really inebriated. I've yet to go to this. I want to go. I've heard it can be like amazing and also it can be a little bit scary because people are drinking quite a lot but we'll see if I end up going in the future and then if I do I can report back but if you do like music festivals some of the biggest bands in Iceland play there and it is just you know one of those memories that you can have most people they go on the ferry they don't bring their car because it can be really hard to get a space you have to and if you want accommodations I've heard you have to actually reserve a year in advance or something intense. So such is life, but that's just a bonus one I'm putting out there because it is not an absolute reason to visit. But if you are into festivals like that or want to have an experience, this is a very Icelandic thing to do, then I would say go for it. 
So those are my reasons that you should visit the Westman Islands. And I hope that this helped you at least give you an idea of what you can do there and how beautiful it is. And that you think about putting it on your list of places to visit when you come to Iceland. Now I'm going to move on to the Icelandic word of the episode, which is how you say the Westman Islands in Icelandic. And that is Vestmanaeyar. So I will say it slower. Vestmanaeyar. Vestmanaeyar. Literally, it's Westman Islands. <laughs> the, the plural. And then, of course, like I mentioned, the only island that's inhabited is the home island or Heimae. Heimae. Now, for the random fact of the episode, there is a beluga sanctuary on the island. I did not get a chance to visit that, and I really, really want to. So that's what I'm actually planning to go back to see. And when I was there, the reason why I didn't see it is because there is a huge soccer tournament happening. We're talking about like 700 boys and their families that were coming for this tournament. And when I went to the Beluga Sanctuary to talk to them about seeing the Belugas, they were like, this is not the best time because we were managing like hundreds of boys at one time, but definitely come back on any other day that is not today or the Theothaltith, which I is mentioned is the festival. So I am planning to go back sometime this summer in order to see that. And I will for sure report back on that experience. Oh, and to add... This is actually where Free Willy or Keiko was taken in order to live out the rest of their life in this sanctuary. So again, I'd like to thank Cuckoo Campers for sponsoring this podcast episode. It was a blast to take the AA camper to the Western Islands. It is a camper van that is basically for two grown adults. I thought I felt a little bit like it was a little short, though, just to be honest. And I have another podcast episode that's coming up about camper vans. Another one I stayed in, a much larger one that I personally just prefer, but that's because it gave me more options for like eating and changing the seating and stuff. But the AA camper, in my opinion, was great for the few days that I was using it because, you know, I didn't really need like to do a whole lot of cooking or anything like that. And also it was in a space where it was just nice and comfortable, cozy. So I highly recommend Cuckoo Campers. I had a great time. Their, their customer service was super helpful. And utilizing a camper van just made my life so much easier. So if you are interested in that, definitely make sure to check out Cuckoo Campers via the link in the show notes. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening.